welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast for those who wish to live a gentler, kinder way of life. Oh, I am so delighted to have you here. This is season two of the podcast and I'll be interviewing some truly wonderful souls on their journey in self-kindness. But first, I'd better introduce myself. I'm Peter, a self-kindness and intuitive eating coach. I live in Cornwall and work with soulful nourishers all over the world with one-to-one and group coaching programs. I always have a cup of tea in my hand and a cat within stroking distance. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Just search at Nourishing Soulfully and visit nourishingsoulfully.co.uk for updates on new courses, workshops and one-to-one offerings. At the moment on the website, there's a brilliant five-day video course on creating balance in your life, which is free of charge and you can join the Nourishing Soulfully Club too to gain access to the library full of workshops, courses, ebooks and audio meditations and breathing techniques. But that's enough about me for now. Let's delve into this week's episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. And my guest today is Maria. And Maria is a fellow coach and previous one-to-one intuitive eating client who is currently enrolled on Elevate, a course in self-kindness. Maria helps purpose-driven women achieve optimal well-being so they can thrive in their career and lives. Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Peter. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. And to kick off, could you tell us a little about yourself and about being a well-being coach? Yeah, sure. So um, I, well, um, I'll start with the obvious. I'm originally from Ireland. Um, I've been living in Sheffield in the UK for the last 12 years with my husband, Ed, and our two cats. Um, And I've been on a a huge well-being journey myself. So Mm. I guess... When I was about nine years old, I picked up my aunt's copy of You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. I Um, I know, I was very, very young uh, to personal development. Um, But really, yeah, it was something that started kind of in childhood for me. Mm. Um, And that probably came from a place of being very sensitive and trying to make sense of the world around me. Um, But if we fast forward to my... 20s particularly like around my sort of early to mid 20s I was a huge party girl I was out every night of the week waiting (laughs) watching the sun come up and you know at the time feeling like I was having a really great time but Mm. as I got towards my my um kind of late 20s I um I was a secondary school teacher at that point and I came to a kind of huge point of crisis Mm. um, with my mental well-being particularly Um, so I had burnout I had very severe anxiety and really I had to kind of you know go back to the drawing board and kind of recreate my life really yeah Um, and so that's a journey that I've been on um, for the last number of years. So I've been vegan for five years, sober for two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got into yoga. I've kind of done everything, you know, done all the research like yourself, Peter, yeah. and, and done everything I could to kind of bring myself back to a state of well-being. And mm-hmm. I guess in recent times, it's become clear to me that now is the moment for me to start supporting other people, other women yeah. to achieve the same thing for themselves. So I'm currently studying a master's in positive psychology and coaching at the University Fantastic. of East London. So yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> constant, 
constant mental load yeah, <laughs> that I'm carrying. You do get to a point, don't you, when you've kind of been on that journey yourself and suddenly it feels like you have this knowledge and almost like these secrets mm. that you just desperately want others to know because you know that their life can feel so yeah. different. Absolutely. And I think, you know, yeah. And also when you've been through it yourself, it's not just knowing that like practicing yoga is good for you or yeah. eating more fruit and veg will make you feel better. It's actually knowing what it feels like to make those changes for yeah. yourself and, you know, sometimes, particularly with not drinking, I mean, there's a huge amount of societal pressure, particularly in Ireland and the UK, I would mm. say, to drink. And what, oh, why won't you have one drink? You know, yeah. people just can't wrap their heads around it. And um, I think that, you know, that just having navigated those changes myself, I definitely understand you know what it is to go through kind of making decisions about your life that maybe are a little bit against countercultural in, in, in some ways yeah. it's not to say that everyone needs to do what I've done mm. it, it's not really about that but it's about being kind of an example that change is really possible for people um when I think about the darkest days that I had you know I remember my husband saying to me at one point that he was worried that I was not going to be able to leave the house because I was yeah. so, so, so anxious. And to come from that place to where I am now is just a real testament that, you know, change is available for everybody and transformation is available for everybody. Um, Absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's really the driving force behind what I do with and what I'm creating um, with my with my business and how I hope to support people and you know that's when I say well-being and not talking about an image of you know a quote-unquote thin white woman on a yoga mat drinking a green <laughs> smoothie on Instagram you know I'm not talking about that I'm talking about you know you finding your own um personal sense of what it means to be happy what it means yeah. to be healthy and what it means to be satisfied in your life for you and what mm. that looks like for you personally and you spoke about previously um just then that kind of reaching burnout and how did that manifest for you how did you experience burnout oh god <laughs> So I think it's really important because yeah. I think so many people yeah. are like, yeah, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or I'm feeling we, we tend to downplay emotions mm. that we're feeling or wet or places where we're at emotionally. And actually, some people don't recognize that they're burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, so I was a teacher, mm. um, which is obviously a career where there is a chronic there are like chronic issues with well-being amongst um workforces because of the working conditions and mm. the actual just how intense the job is yeah um i think there was multiple symptoms i think you know i was dealing with anxiety anyway mm -hmm. but that all became amplified you know it was it was like i had a constant feeling of tightness in my chest yeah um I also wasn't really able to handle things that were happening around me and I wasn't able to respond rationally to mm. things. Um, I remember saying to a teaching assistant in my classroom one day, I was like, this job is going to make me ill. <laughs> yeah. I really remember it because she looked at me, she was like, oh, Maria, no, no, 
I was like no like it really is like Mm. this is I don't feel good at all and it was actually a colleague who said to me Marie I think you need to take some time off and I was like you know and I hadn't even entertained the possibility of doing that because where I worked and I, I assume it's probably similar in many schools you know there's a very there you know there's a kind of demographic of teacher that tends to take time off and they tend to be further along in their career you know mm. I was I was really early you know I kind of probably in my was it maybe my fourth year of teaching so yeah. and on the outside to other people you know I got lots of I gained lots of um, like responsibility and it looked like things were going really well mm. but I personally was was just not coping so I did have to take a number of months off yeah but those but that time was the like literally the foundation that everything in my life was built on now yeah you know and isn't that incredible Mm, yeah that that it comes from that absolutely and and without having taken that time off and without having had the space like I needed actual mental space to think and process yeah that was um yeah it was it was really instrumental and I also would like to just point out that it's also a massive privilege to be able to take time like that off and have it paid. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the same in every job or every country, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you are not just a coach. And by that, I mean that you have many <laughs> strings, <laughs> many yes. strings to your bow. You're juggling a lot at the moment. You're juggling a full-time job, doing your master's, as you mentioned in the introduction, and running your coaching business. And I guess I'm kind of wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you embrace self-kindness in your day-to-day life whilst juggling all of these things. Yeah, I mean, people regularly say to me, particularly at work, like, you you know you've got a lot on your plate or you know how do you do it all and I think the truth is is that I actually don't do it all all of the time yeah I think the main things for me is you know prioritizing rest is probably like the number one priority yeah. that's sleeping at night but it's also napping if needed mm-hmm. and it's also like doing absolutely nothing as well um I you know, I love, I like, I really love and respect deliciously Ella. Um, and I know her and her husband often mention about the fact that like their life is really their daughters and their work. Like yeah. they, they recognize that they have to take a hit in other parts of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely the, the case for me, you know, and lockdown has been kind of handy in that <laughs> sense yeah. because there hasn't been as much to do, but I think it's, you know, it's recognizing that if you are going to be like I am working whilst growing a business and studying, mm. there isn't going to be that much left. And it's not that you're going to have no friends or <laughs> no, but it's it's kind of lowering expectations, I think, in other parts of your life. Um, and I think as well, it's accepting imperfection, mm. you know, doing doing something is better than waiting for the perfect moment and you know pushing something out there on social media is 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 better than not saying anything at all you know and you kind of just have to accept that it's maybe not going to be this glossy you know perfect thing that you would in a you know fantasy land would want to create Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing I would say is like really getting support you know whether that's through friendships 
people who are in a similar position to you you know like the people I work alongside I know there's I have definitely have some colleagues where they do look at me and think that I am crazy like they just think because they would never want what I want yeah but I have that vision for my life and what I want it to look like and I think if you can connect with other people who have a similar outlook they don't have to have the same outlook but the, that same kind of ambition that can mm-hmm. really help as well because the truth of it is you know it, it, you have to do the work <laughs> do oh, you know what and, I mean? and having those support networks of like-minded mm. people who are going through really similar things just yeah. keeps you sane because Absolutely. you realize that you're not the only one I think there's such a strong na- narrative around um having it all and like being mm. able to have it all and do it all all mm. at the same time where it's just not possible as you were saying like yeah. there has to be give and take and sometimes you can't always have everything you want to be doing it's it's just not possible yeah. you, you kind of like your energy has to go to certain things doesn't it absolutely and I think like this week as an example of this like I I was feeling at at the beginning of the week, I was like, whoa, like I feel quite strong. I mean, I'm currently on my, you know, I work in education, so I'm currently on summer holidays. I'm not Mm. a teacher anymore, just to point that out, because if I was a teacher, I don't think I could be doing what I'm doing, to be honest. Um, But I, you know, I was like, I just like I just knew that I have a lot coming up in the autumn and winter, and I just had to take some time to think about moving things around and you know with my university course and just kind of making sure that um you know there I am going to have space and time in the autumn winter period and that it's not going to be you know um that just that I yeah I'm not going to be taking on just as much as I was I was planning to and you know with my master's program you know it's probably going to take me longer than I first anticipated but I'm okay with that you know because I would rather enjoy the process than try and get it done as quickly as possible and you know risk feeling very stressed and burnt out again so it's I think keeping an eye on your schedule and you know what you what you've got coming up week to week and just making sure that you find you have time in there that's for rest and for you for sure yeah and kind of along those lines as well when um you spoke about the fact that you're okay with your master's program taking longer than you expected it to have you always been that way inclined have you always been kind of open to not meeting expectations (laughs) that you set yourself no definitely not (laughs) no and 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 often to my detriment as well I think being self-critical can actually put you in a place of inaction Mm. um you know you can get very stuck um, but no, I 100% have not at all been um, been like this. And, you know, and like, and I would have often wanted other people to enable me to be kind to myself. Do you know what I mean? I would want um, Ed, my husband, for example, to be like, maybe you need to, ha- why don't you have a rest? Why don't you have, a-? you know, yeah. rather than me initiating that myself. Yeah. But it's definitely something that, I um have become much better at and actually you know in terms of anxiety and like I said I was very I wasn't just someone who got anxious like I had very very um very very poor mental health um I about 18 months ago I started having compassion focused therapy so Mm -hmm. CFT 
not to be mistaken uh, with CBT Um, and that that modality is all about teaching you to be more compassionate to yourself and and cultivating um, a sense of kindness towards yourself and that was really I mean to be honest it's the CBT was okay to a point but that was the the that was the thing that really um, has worked for me um and it's not quick you know these things take time um and then obviously of course Peter working with you and the way in which you really embody self-kindness um has been a huge inspiration to me and being part of Elevate as well has really helped me to see what I'm doing in my life through that lens of Mm -hmm. self-kindness and having that accountability I think is really important you know accountability is not just about the hard like you know 30 day running challenge I don't know do you know what I mean it's also it can also be used for softer nicer more feminine things um and yeah so that that's really really um is crucial as well because I feel like for me I need to keep that Mm. fire burning because my you know the the tendency that I would have had in the past is definitely to be more um have a stronger critical voice yeah yeah and I think as well when as we we speak a lot about this on Elevate but when um stressful times come in our life when there's changes when um anything is out of the ordinary for us we tend to default back to what our setting is our factory setting and so it's really useful if you have done work on around self-compassion and kindness and being gentle with yourself if you've got a place where you can go where maybe like elevate you've got the videos that you can re-watch the course content you can visit back or like with our one-to-one coaching sessions you can kind of go back and listen to the one-to-one calls that we've had mm-hmm. um and then even just reaching out to me it's that reminder of hang on a minute I've been here before and I know what I can do to get myself back in a place where I'm gentle and kind to myself. And it doesn't take anywhere near as long. It's, no. It can be momentary. We can kind of go, that's, how, that's my default setting, but it's not how I have to live my life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's really, and really important to have that. Absolutely. How important would you say self-kindness is when you're juggling so many plates? Because I know that a lot of listeners are going to be kind of like, yeah no I know self-kindness is important and I'll get round to it like once I've got my business (laughs) set up or once I retire or once I become a mum and the child is 10 yeah (laughs) Um, I think for me it's really fundamental you know because I um I want to build something that's sustainable for me Mm -hmm. um I don't know if you've heard of Elaine Aaron and her work on highly sensitive people or or the kind of definition of being a highly sensitive person so um if anyone listening feels like the words highly sensitive (laughs) would be something that you would use to describe yourself I would definitely encourage you to check out Elaine Aaron's work because I yeah it really it's really really helped me to make sense of myself because um like as a child I was extremely sensitive you know any Mm. of my friends who went to school with me will definitely remember me crying crying in the classroom (laughs) yeah same like I would literally I would do anything Mm. to go home as well Um, oh yeah yeah absolutely sleepovers I throughout my childhood I never managed to stay at a sleepover no me like neither did I (laughs) 
I would think, oh yeah, I definitely want to do it. Like I'd yeah. be excited about it. And then Same. it would come to it. And I'd be like, can I get my, go and get my mom? Cause I want to go yeah. home. I'm like, yeah. can I call my mom now, please? At the moment, it was the moment there was talk of bedtime. Like I was yeah. fine until they started talking about like, do you want to yeah. get your pajamas on? And I'd be like, no, I don't. I want to leave my mom. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was exactly the same. And and like, I didn't really know why, because mm. the other thing was, I was like, oh, well, maybe like when I was older, I was like, maybe I'm an introvert, you know, but mm. I'm not an introvert. Like I am an extroverted person, but yeah. I am highly sensitive and, and her work really, when I read it, I was like, whoa, like this is me, yeah. but it also just explains a lot. And for me, building a business that's sustainable um, for the rest of my life or you know, for however long I want to have it, um, yeah. is really important. And if self-kindness isn't at the heart of that, then, then I don't know what, why am I doing it? Like, what's mm. the point in like creating something that you're, that's not going to nurture you. So yeah, I think it's, it's really, really fundamental. Absolutely. It really is. Um, and then you went through, um, intuitive eating coaching with me. And when it comes to intuitive eating, when was the moment that you decided that things needed to change? So it was in January of this year, actually. Mm. So last year, um, was a was a pretty well I mean hello <laughs> we can all agree it was a pretty hard year absolutely um, we're recording this um in August 2021 yeah so I mean 2021 has also not been you know any, anyway we don't need to go there but I I spent six months of last year like not working mm. and during that time I was walking three times a day and yeah. You know, I I definitely, you know, knew that I was, I guess my body had got smaller in that time. But then I went back to work in September and I was very aware of the fact that I wasn't able to exercise as much. Yeah. And I joined a gym, um, which is, you know, in and of itself fine. And there's lots of things I really enjoyed about it. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely pushing myself too hard. And like, I remember like, I get to work and by like 11 o'clock I'd be like I'm so tired like it just yeah I was definitely definitely pushing myself too hard mm. um and the real moment was January because my period was 10 days late sorry if that's yeah. TMI but <laughs> um and that like never happens to me yeah. like and I was like this is not this is not okay yeah and it was because over Christmas I had been doing this like boot camp Mm -hmm. so I was like going to I'm like who is this girl because I feel like I've just um, been on such a journey since then but yeah. yeah like I was doing this like going to workouts at 8 a.m on boxing day like a crazy person yeah um you know and I was really just really tired and I and really needed to rest and really ignored that need to rest yeah and I I've been working with a personal trainer as well who you know very good at what he did he had a very masculine energy I would say and you know women we have cycles I don't know that's not going to be news to anybody but you know it it just it, it wasn't quite working for me really and particularly when then I noticed the difference in my period so in the January um as we went into lockdown you know it was going to be like me following his program working out at home and I was like yeah. this is not no and mm. I just remember I had this moment and I was like Peter <laughs> I was like, Peter <laughs> 
And, you know, really, the, it was just knowing that, like, the pushing that I'd been doing just was not only, like, not good for my body or my mind, probably either, but it was really, like, in opposition to the way that I want to live. Like, it was not intuitive. I was not, like listening to the kind of signals that I needed rest you know it was it was much too masculine in energy and that's yeah like I said I had been following you for a while and I know we had kind of backed and forth about um one-to-one coaching but it was yeah in January after that that I decided now's the moment yeah yeah and January can just be such a tricky time Mm -hmm. I think as well when it comes to anything around eating and fitness we can kind of try and talk ourselves into doing things we justify things um Mm -hmm. we're kind of like well this will be the one like this style will be the one or this fitness plan will be the one and then I can do this one forever which just never is the case but by justifying and and by kind of making up these excuses for ourselves we then overlook as you were saying we kind of ignore the fact that we're tired or that we need to rest or that actually we are hungry Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And so how did you find the process of intuitive eating coaching? What was kind of the most difficult part for you? Ooh. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's like very, you know, I think, and I, this is not something that I have made up, but people talk about it being really simple, but really hard, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like re-educating yourself mm-hmm. and you know and you just start to see the world differently yeah and when you've not trusted your body and you have given that trust to a program and now I wasn't a dieter in the traditional sense and I do have people regularly who say to me oh I've never been on a diet I don't diet but they they restrict food yeah. it's just that they've never gone to Weight Watchers or Slimming World mm-hmm. or you know and and it's all dieting it is all part of the same the same problem um so yeah it was very much um you know just learning to let go and I'm not gonna say that like I've mastered it because I haven't because it's gonna it's a process that takes a long time it is um you know and it's it's not something that you're ever done with ever like it's always you're always learning about how to listen and you know how to I guess you know eat in a way that's kind of how you want to feel as you know and and is going to satisfy you and um I think giving myself full permission to eat um you know was was difficult I mean I obviously was navigating the fact that I am a vegan (laughs) as well alongside it and you know that is um not a diet it's not it's not really a dietary choice um, because it is a lifestyle. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the, the viewpoint I come from with that is that we live in a society where eating animals is seen as being normal, natural and necessary. Yeah. Um, and I don't agree that that's the case, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm vegan. So it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but, you know, I don't I don't see the world through that lens so I'm not in turn I'm not restricting those things because I actually I don't believe that 
we should be eating them anyway and that's the viewpoint that I come from obviously choosing to live that lifestyle Um, but that was something I had to figure out because I was Mm. like well do I want a milky bar yeah (laughs) you know do I want to eat like I mean I you know I don't need to necessarily go into the details of the different foods but I did have to ask those questions for myself and really check to make sure that you know um it it was veganism wasn't you know it wasn't another diet but I mean I can guarantee you that you you definitely can be a vegan and not be eating like anything that looks like a something that you would do to lose weight you know there's yeah. plenty of vegan junk food out there and um but I think as well the other point um back to the thing about you know people feeling like they've never been on a diet there's a lot of the wellness space which is very diety absolutely um, and and masquerading as something that isn't about dieting now there is lots of people and lots of really positive things within the wellness space too it's not black and white but I think the process of learning about intuitive eating enables you to uh, really just question the world around you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no I couldn't agree more Maria I really couldn't Mm -hmm. um what would you say to anyone who feels like they are fed up of trying different diets but not like and or not dieting and then dieting again just getting overwhelmed by everything Mm. I would say first of all it's normal to feel overwhelmed because you know like we've just talked about it is a different way of of looking at the world but you know we are we are, you know, mammals that are hardwired to survive and our bodies give us the feedback and information we need Mm. to make decisions about whether we eat, whether we don't eat, whether we run away from a tiger or whatever it is. And and, and it's about learning to, I, I guess, or really bring it back to that kind of basic point that, you know, what the way that we feel as women in the Western world about our bodies has been done to us and it's not our fault absolutely and and the unpicking of that um is you know it it, yeah it is overwhelming but I think how I would want to reassure someone is that you know there are so many people out there that are doing this and you know I would get on social media cleanse your social media of anything diety follow the intuitive eating accounts I mean unfollow some of them if you don't you know if you feel like the message is too strong or it doesn't resonate with you but definitely you know get out there and look for people that you can look to for inspiration you know I understand that having one-to-one coaching Peter like we did Mm -hmm. um, is not something that's available to everybody but there are a ton of free resources out there. Um, and I would definitely encourage people to, to start looking to other places, um, particularly online. Cause I, you know, I know for me, I'm where I work, um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> so they just think, I don't know what they think, but between me being vegan, not drinking and then eating intuitively like sometimes can feel a bit like an alien yeah so being finding those communities online um as well as in your real life if you can but I think that um is is really really helpful yeah it really is thank you for for sharing that as well because um I think so often we can 
kind of get wrapped up in that it's very easy when we have dieted for so so long or at the very least restricted food in order to alter our appearance um that when someone kind of brings we may kind of say goodbye to dieting and think no I'm I I I don't want anything I don't want to be changing the way that my body Mm. looks anymore I I kind of want to find what feels comfortable for me etc but then Mm. when someone talks about a diet that they're doing or a new fitness Mm. plan that they're doing it's kind of like a switch is triggered in our minds and we're like Mm -hmm. oh but I could do that like that that might work Mm. for me as if you're wrong as if you need to find a fix yeah and I think it's that constant process of recalibrating yeah um you know and and pulling it back to um what you know is right yeah ultimately in your heart and and also you know looking back at your your diet history and actually you know has it worked like are you happy you know do you are you where you want to be whatever that is Mm -hmm. like if you're seeking out something you know something outside of yourself whether that's support you know whether you're thinking you know I want to find another diet or I maybe I want to try intuitive eating you know that the fact that you're in that place suggests that there is something that needs to change you know because whatever you've done in the past hasn't worked yeah um because they're not designed to completely and and it's just (laughs) it's so sad that um that's the way that diets are designed they're designed not to work to get you to invest your money time and time again and your time and your effort and your energy um over and over again but it's as you were saying before it's really important to curate those social media feeds um because it really, really does influence so much of the way that we feel about ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves and then our actions as well. So if you can, if you're noticing actually you're following a lot of diet culture-y kind of accounts, having a little look through and just noticing like when you've got some time at the weekend or in in an evening, sorry, Mm -hmm. kind of grab your phone sit down and just notice be really aware of how you're feeling looking through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook whatever it is Um, and when you're noticing that actually there's particular posts or particular accounts that are triggering this feeling of I'm not good enough or comparison or Mm -hmm. I need to change me you know muting them or unfollowing them mm. is probably going to be one of the healthiest things that you can do right now absolutely yeah and even if like there's even if logically you're like oh but like they share these kinds of things and I like that if trust your feelings I think on that yeah. one is really important yeah absolutely so on this series of the podcast I am asking all guests the same question if you could add anything to the curriculum to be taught in primary and or secondary school, what do you wish you could be taught? Mm, that's such a good question, especially for somebody who's worked in education. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have thought about this and I and I think what I would suggest is that we need to put relationships on how to cultivate healthy relationships at the heart of the curriculum in primary schools and probably yeah. in secondary, you know, and that's healthy ways of relating to ourselves, mm-hmm. which is obviously fundamental to, to kindness um, and everything that you've spoken about, but also to others um, and to the world, because, yeah. you know, um, the world we live in is clearly a complicated place and we are facing some fairly 
big issues. Um, and I think that, you know, that kind of compassion really begins um, with ourselves. So I, I think that though, you know, learning how to relate healthily um, is, is, is so, so crucial. So that would probably be what I would um, add to the curriculum. I would also though like to add to that point that um, the teachers delivering this material would also need to receive the training yeah. that, they, that they need to do it justice. I think so often people who are not specialist, um, you know, something becomes a, a buzzword or mm -hmm. a trend and then suddenly you're, you're, you know, you're delivering something on body image when you literally have never explored the topic before yourself. Yeah. You've, you're completely socially conditioned to, you know, think about body image and weight loss together, you know, yeah. and, and then you're in a room influencing the lives of young people I think the teacher education part is really really crucial it really is yeah and massively undervalued sadly yeah um, but yeah that would be that would be what my suggestion would be Aww. maybe I should write to the education secretary <laughs> uh, well by the end of this series of the podcast we'll have a whole list of things that we can send off maybe we should yeah I think so Ooh. I think it would be really eye-opening um yeah it really would so my final question for you Maria mm. is how will you be kind to yourself this week oh that's a good question Peter I think so I am actually traveling back to Ireland um on Friday which is really exciting because I haven't I know because I haven't been for a year um and the last time it was you know very much like very very restrictive I know there are still restrictions but yeah um I think it will just be to allow myself to forget about, you know, work, business, MSE, and just really switch off and just enjoy time with Ed and with my family and just being in the countryside. So yeah, just permission to forget about all my adult responsibilities and just relax and have a, have a really nice week at home. Yeah. That sounds really, really lovely. And it's so important that we give ourselves permission to do that sometimes mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Maria, no, for coming on you. to the podcast. For That's listeners, where can they find you online? Where can they connect with you? So um, you can find me on Instagram. I am Maria Elizabeth underscore coach. Um, and that's probably the place that I spend the most time. So yeah, that's come and follow me there brilliant and I will pop that into our show notes as well thank you Maria it has been an honor and a privilege to talk to you today <laughs> thanks Peter thank you thank you for tuning into this episode of the nourishing soulfully podcast I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it and as a little reminder because you are a soulful nourisher now you've listened to an episode as Soulful Nourishers, we know that resting is an investment in ourselves, our well-being, our energetic capacity. We know that play is not just for children, it enables souls of all ages to connect to creativity and joy. As Soulful Nourishers, we know that food is love and joy. It fuels, connects and creates. It is culture, tradition and nourishment. We know that breaks give our mind time to refocus. And we know that relaxing is the act which creates energy. It is not a waste of time. Above all, 
As Soulful Nourishers, we know that we are doing the best we can with the resources, time, energy, knowledge, wisdom, experience and capacity that we have to hand, always. Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter and the cats.